Well, good evening. I might be so full that I'll fall asleep during my own sermon, but I'll try not to, but I'm appreciative of the good food tonight. And I want to say happy Thanksgiving to all of you and to your families. If you are a friend of mine or Butler's, either in real life or on Facebook, but all of you are in real life, you know that we love to entertain in our home. We have hosted one-book supper meetings, birthday and after-prom parties, Sunday school class kickoffs, and a couple of times we have had entire baseball teams and their families. Oh, my goodness. Just a few days ago, we had the Lionheart Orchestra at our house for a pre-final rehearsal breakfast, which was a lot of fun. We'll host our family Thanksgiving meal this Thursday, and then in a few weeks, we will host the St. Mark's staff and all of their significance um, for our annual Christmas party. And then I think that will close out the year for us. Although there's still a week after Christmas, so you never know. When we host big meals, Butler and I have a certain kind of unspoken division of responsibilities. Getting the house clean before people come over is mostly my job while cleaning up afterward is a task we share, sort of. We work together to develop the menu, and we divide up the cooking responsibilities. If the weather's cool like it is now, Butler lays a fire in the fireplace, and he is also in charge of the trash. My other big job is to set the table, and this is a job that I love and cherish. I inherited my dining room table from my Aunt Frances, who was my mother's older sister. She passed in 2002. My table is big, really big. It seats 12 people in its current configuration. If my dining room was a little bit bigger, I could extend its last two leaves that are hiding underneath and seat 16 people. Unfortunately, we haven't found a house with a big enough dining room and a small enough price tag that we would be able to do that just yet. But I'm still looking for that. I inherited my love for a pretty table from my mom as well. I love to spread out a beautiful tablecloth and napkins, to set out a set of the good dishes, and I, I'm not going to confess about how many sets of good dishes I own, Robbie Hooper, and create a really special centerpiece um, for the season or for the day. I can spend pretty much the whole day messing around with my table, getting everything just right, thinking about how to make it more beautiful, more expressive, and more welcoming for our guests. Something I learned from my mom was to have a full table, no empty spaces. Having the big table like we have gives us the opportunity to invite others to be a part of our family celebrations. Because after all, no one likes to eat alone, especially during the holidays, right? It's been our practice to fill up our table with those who might otherwise be by themselves on the holidays. Sandeep has been a regular at our table for the last three years, but we'll miss him this year because he's at his real home in India for Thanksgiving. But we're excited to welcome some students for Thanksgiving, one from Ghana and one from Liberia, both who have been attending our church. 
plus some other friends who otherwise would not have a place to be other than a restaurant. Sometimes we're not that well acquainted with our guests, as is the case this year, but we are always friends by the time the day ends. Having guests encourages us to practice our best hospitality as a family and always brings us many, many blessings. I like a full table. This past year, two pieces of media have helped me to think about and define my understanding of my theology of the table. The first is a book written by one of my favorite contemporary theologians. His name is John Pavlovitz, and he is a pastor. And his latest book is entitled A Bigger Table. You can see why it would appeal to me. A Bigger Table, Building Messy, Authentic, and Hopeful Spiritual Community. Reverend Pavlovitz invites us to join him on the journey to find or to create a church that is big enough for everyone. He speaks to the heart of issues that our Christian community has been wrestling with in recent years. LGBTQ inclusion, gender equality, racial tensions, immigration, and other concerns. And he asks if organized Christianity can find new ways of faithfully continuing the work Jesus began 2,000 years ago, creating a space where everyone is welcome and everyone belongs. The author invites us to build a bigger table Jesus style by practicing radical hospitality, authenticity, messy diversity, he calls it, and agenda-free community. I love that term, agenda-free community. I appreciate his image of the bigger table and the way he shares the call of Christ that we, the church, must open our hearts to fill the seats at our own table with the beautiful and diverse people God has created. Another publication that caught my attention this year is a song, and it's, the title of the song is Crowded Table. It's written by three women, Lori McKenna, Natalie Hemby, and Brandi Carlisle, and recorded by a group called The High Women that Natalie and Brandi are a part of, on a debut and an album that just debuted. The song speaks about a place where you can hold a hand when you're feeling low, a place where everyone is a little messed up, a place where everyone belongs. Emily Rogers is kind enough to agree to sing it for us tonight in just a few minutes, and I'm looking forward to that. I want a house with a crowded table. In our gospel reading tonight, a man is preparing a great banquet out of his many blessings, and he expects to share those blessings with his family and his friends. But I don't know if this has ever happened to you. At the last minute, suddenly the people he has invited start making excuses about why they can't come. And he finds himself with empty seats at his table. So the man sends his servants out into the highways to invite others to come to his banquet. In the scripture, it names the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, labels that we probably don't use much anymore. I understand that text to mean that we are invite, to invite those who are left out of society, those who are on the margins of life, those who don't fit or don't have a place to go. 
those who need a friend. And we are to share our blessings generously with them. All three of these texts speak the good news of Christ to me and share images of the kingdom of God that are beautiful. They speak to me of another table that in just a few minutes I will have the privilege of preparing for you. And this too is a task I truly cherish. While we United Methodists generally call this meal Holy Communion, other faith traditions call it the Eucharist from the Greek word Eucharista, which simply means thanksgiving. Can you say that word with me? Eucharist. Christ himself is the host of this Thanksgiving table. And he invites all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another to share in this meal with him. That's it. There are no other requirements or obligations. We're all invited to come and feast on God's grace here at this table to share in this holy mystery instituted by Christ himself and to join in the spirit of Eucharist, thanksgiving, in the presence of God, the most generous of all givers. While we Protestants do not believe, like our fellow Catholics do, that the bread and the cup are now or will ever become the actual body and blood of Christ, we do believe that Christ is present in these elements of bread and cup in a sacred and spiritual way, that the experience of communion is a means of God's grace in our lives, both individually and as a community of faith, and that the sharing of the bread and the cup can lead us to greater love for one another, for Christ, and for all of God's people and God's creation. One of the things I love about being United Methodist is our practice of an open table, which acknowledges that this is not our table or the table of our denomination, but the table of Christ our Lord, and all are welcome at that table. Surely coming to this table reminds us of that for which we are most thankful and that which we are called to share and give to the world, Jesus the Christ. I also hope the sharing of this so simple meal will remind you of the tremendous abundance with which you are blessed in your own life. The song says, I want a house with a crowded table and a place by the fire for everyone. In recent years, we've seen empty places at our common table here at St. Mark's, open spaces that I believe we are called to fill. In a world increasingly marked by bigotry, fear, and exclusion, we are challenged to extend welcome and acceptance to our neighbors who do not look like us, who do not speak like us, who maybe don't act like us, but completely like us, they are created in God's image, gifted by the Holy Spirit, and called to follow Jesus, even though they may not be aware of those very blessings. We are called to find new ways to open the doors of our hearts and the doors of our church to our neighbors and our community. 
We are commanded to go into all the world, into our own highways and byways, and invite our neighbors to share in the meaning of the Eucharist, this table of holy thanksgiving. As a deacon, I'm called to connect the needs of the world with the mission and ministry of the church. So maybe this comes a little easier for me. For others, and maybe for you, this might seem a little frightening or overwhelming or even impossible, but there's always a place to start. Like many good practices we learn, I believe we start in our own neighborhoods, in our own homes, at our own tables. And so I invite you to consider this Thanksgiving. Who will be at your table this holiday season? With whom will you share your abundant blessings in the coming weeks? Are you willing to make your table just a little bit bigger to accommodate someone else? To invite a friend or a neighbor who might be facing the holidays alone? Or even to open yourselves up to having a stranger. As we enter the wonder-filled season of Advent and anticipate the birth of Christ in our hearts anew, who might you invite to be a part of our church family, to share in this holy mystery we are about to partake of with you and with our faith community? Who might you offer the gift of belonging, the gift of comfort, the gift of God's grace and peace, and the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ. I want a house and a church with a crowded table. We have so much for which to be thankful for this week and truly every day of our lives. We could spend the entire evening, I think, naming those blessings. Tonight, as you come to God's table of the Eucharist, thanksgiving. Give thanks for your blessings and remember those who are without those same blessings for which you are thankful. Plentiful food, safe shelter, the love of family and friends, and this community of faith that we are all privileged to be a part of. If you dare tonight, or as you're preparing your own table at home, I encourage you to pray that God will lead you into the highways and the byways of Murfreesboro, that you might invite others to fill the empty spaces, both the ones at your table and the ones here at the table we share at St. Mark's with the beautiful people God has created. May yours be a happy and blessed Thanksgiving and may your table and our table and God's table be not only crowded, but overflowing with blessings. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said,